0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. We're going to do a little bit of a breaking news show here because Debo Samuel just broke his foot. It's going to be a Jones fracture, very similar to the one, I believe the exact same injury as his teammate Trent Taylor suffered that ended up missing all of last year. Now, this is not that serious of an injury, or at least it should not be based on just the ways that you go through recovery for this, your procedures, whatever it's going to be. The issue that happened with his teammate Trent Taylor, we'll get into, but Trent Taylor had like four botched surgeries or botched procedures that ended up leading to him missing the entire season and to the point where he is today a year later basically just recovering but this is a recovery time of 12 to 16 weeks and if he was to come back on the early side of that 12 weeks he might not miss a game he'll likely maybe miss one game if he comes back on the late side of that and things do go a little bit rough for him then he's going to start to look at to miss the entire first month of the season so in general this like long-term for dynasty is not going to change much if you want to get like two to four potential weeks out of a guy like Jalen Hurd's upside or maybe out of some of the deep guys like Jawan Jennings who they drafted later in their draft this year those are the type of wide receivers you can target Dante Pettis, who's still hanging on for dear life, it seems like to the roster spot. But what I want to talk about here is just Debo in general. What this is going to mean to the team if he was to miss the longer part of that? Because then you're starting to look at around five weeks and that's a long time to miss. And that's when other players do start to become impactful. They do start to earn a role and potentially get to stay on the field longer after Debo returns because of that. So welcome. If you're brand new here, my name is Sal Betrie. If you could give me a like button right now, totally free to do so. And also smash that subscribe button. a big old one just popped up on the screen. If you're listening on the audio version, I do a $50 giveaway. Boy a week that really only two to three people enter. So you got a really good chance the Saladie show on iTunes, you could just leave a five star rate and review. Say something nice about the show, and you get entered into that. Very simple to do, not a lot of competition. If you want to make fifty bucks, you probably got like a Thirty-three percent chance, unless that a little narrative there drives it up for some other people. With me saying it, but go ahead check that out. You can also check out my Supreme Draft Guide on my site, Fantasy Sports Focus. It is linked down below for limited time offer only. It is ten dollars thanks to Monkey Knife fight And if you're not eligible for that offer, depending on where you're watching from or when you're watching this, there's another way to get it. Just on my site, Fantasy Sports Focus just released the site. I believe two days ago. It's very exciting. I'm excited for it. Now let's get into this video. So Debo in 2019, he was the former second round pick, taken early in the second round with the fourth pick in the second round by the San Francisco 49ers out of South Carolina. He played on 72% of the snaps while playing in about 15 games, 57 receptions on 77 targets. So like many rookies, it took until the second half of the year when Debo started to really break out. He honestly wasn't used all that much in the first four to six weeks. Now he was used more than most rookies are, but not in any major way. Now he's number one wide receiver rushing yards with 159 and three touchdowns. I personally have said that that's a negative for me, in my opinion, coming into the next year. Not that he did that last year. That's very good, but it ended up making, Him jump up to number five in fantasy points per target, which obviously is skewed based on the rushing success. And just telling me that I want to rely on Debo for rushing success, for some people are taking him as a top 20 wide receiver. For me, it's not the case. I have him as like my wide receiver 31 before this injury. I had not yet moved him. I will be moving him. I just want to get a little bit more clarity on the exact amount of time that he might miss. I know it's 12 to six weeks, but I want to wait a week or two and maybe see what's going to be changing at that point. He was number five in Yak. This team is just filled with Yak monsters. George Kittle, yards after contact, was number one in that department for tight ends. Debo comes in number five in that department for receivers. Brandon Ayuk let all the receivers drafted this year, their first round pick in that department. So it's pretty obvious what you want to get from Kyle Shanahan is guys who produce after the catch. Let Jimmy G scheme some guys open. Easy throw it, pitch and catch, and then let those guys do work afterwards. He scored 12.5 fantasy points per game, which was 34th, not bad for a rookie. He did have nine drops, which were fourth in the NFL. So this is a guy who produced in loads of ways last year. He was efficient after the catch. He was very efficient when it came to just on a per target basis. And obviously his rushing ability really skewed that upside, but it also just showed that he's a versatile player. And the lasting images of him are really in the Super Bowl, where it seemed like he was just running the ball every single time as if he was a running back. Now as quarterback, you can see some of the stats I'm about to pop up for Jimmy G here. He was 19th in attempts last. Year overall with four hundred and seventy six. He was twelfth in yardage. So although everybody wants to say because of the playoffs and him just handing the ball off to Raheem Mozart every single time against the Packers, it seemed, because of that, people don't think Jimmy G was really throwing last year. There was a stretch where they had to rely on Jimmy G due to some injuries for about a month of the season. And overall he finished with three thousand nine hundred and seventy nine yards, which was twelfth, twenty seven touchdowns was fifth, and he was very good. He was number three in true completion percentage, number two in pressure, number nine in adjusting yards per attempt. And here's the big one number one in deep ball accuracy. But but it's a little bit skewed because he was 29th in the NFL with just 36 deep ball attempts but he was number one except for the Super Bowl which doesn't count the regular season these stats where he just absolutely overshot his former teammate now Emmanuel Sanders a rental last year Emmanuel Sanders after they picked him up from the Denver Broncos. And you can also say that Jimmy G is just going to throw more naturally this year. I mean, last year they just threw 32.1 times per game passing plays, which was 29th out of 32 teams in the NFL. Just naturally, you might throw more than that, right? It's really hard and and difficult to duplicate the exact same process. Now the Ravens might do it because they're just set up in that way, but the 49ers, if their defense is not as stout as it was last year, and although people might want to pencil them in for that, defenses regress every single year. The number one defense in the league on average regresses seven spots the next year. To going from number eight. Just think about the Bears from like three years ago, the Jaguars from like th- two years ago, right? So, or the Bears from two years ago, Jaguars from three years ago. Think about these things. So, the Patriots and 49ers this year do for some sort of regression in the defensive department. And if that happens, Jimmy G is going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. And I'm pumped for it. I'm here for it. I have Jimmy G as a borderline, I believe, top 15 quarterback in my rankings. He might have actually been 15. I think he might be 16. But regardless, that's just going to help guys like Debo when he returns. And then this loads of the target competition and the potential bump ups in their offense from all the other receivers that. Are in this San Francisco 49ers offense. So before we get into like those seven different guys that we have to talk about the San Francisco offseason changes right here, right? So what do they add? Well, they add Travis Benjamin. So uh, there's another wide receiver to potentially benefit from this. I don't know if he'll actually make the team. I really haven't heard much people talking about him. I think a lot of people forgot about that signing. Tom Compton, Trent Williams. So Trent Williams they get during the draft. They immediately replace uh, the fact that Joe Staley retired like minutes b- before it seemed by getting the Trent Williams trade through from the Washington Redskins. So sort of an eye for an eye there. But they get Travis Benjamin. They do lose. Lose Emmanuel Sanders. They lose Marquise Goodwin. Sanders in free agency goes to the Saints. And then Marquise Goodwin during the draft gets traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Matt Breida also traded during the draft. So they loaded up on some draft picks to the Dolphins, lose some offensive linemen as well. And then in the draft, they get Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver in the first round and Jawan Jennings, a wide receiver in the seventh round. That will really be, I guess you can say, quote unquote, competing with Devil Samuel, more so Ayuk. So this is what you're going to get from the target competition. You're going to get, everybody knows George Kittle. And I'll throw up George Kittle stats right now. I mean, this guy's a beast, right? Tight end monster, 82.2% of the snaps last year 14 games 85 receptions over a thousand yards and 107 targets overall five touchdowns and he saw a lot more targets than just the five touchdowns that he had because he saw almost a 30 percent target share in the red zone 28.2 percent overall target share he dropped the touchdown he had one called back he was tackled and tripped on the one yard line there's lots of things that really regression just in the weirdest ways should have had george Killer on eight to ten touchdowns last season now he's number one in tight end jack last year i mentioned that just fantastic number one in tight end fantasy points per game i believe he might have been tied with kelsey number two in yards per target number one in yards per route run and number two in fantasy points per route run. This was as efficient as you could be as a tight end. And if you were to factor in his blocking, and if that mattered for fantasy purposes, other than just keeping you on the field more, he would easily be the number one tight end from last year, in my opinion, if you factor in the blocking. Otherwise, Kelsey's right there with him. So you know, George Kittle's going to get his right. So but what is going to be the case? Let's say if it's worst case scenario, Debo misses five weeks, right? And, and if it's going to be just one week, then a lot of this stuff's not going to matter. But we don't know that just yet. So after that, you have the first round pick Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, that I would talk about. Here's his profile jumper on over to the supreme draft guide for a little peek inside the rookie brandon Ayuk, we have all the all the rookies done here you can just see brandon Ayuk right now we'll take a peek at some of the stuff here i'll put some additional stats up on the screen but brandon Ayuk in 2019 you can see 65 receptions 1192 yards and 99 targets on eight touchdowns he had 26.9 percent target share 18.3 yards per reception for one brandon Ayuk. and then when you're looking at it 10.9 yards after contact that led the entire class his yak overall on a per touch basis and his college career yak was up there as well so you know what kyle shannon is looking for number four last year, top five last year, and Debo Samuel number one tight end. Brandon Iuk fits that mold out of all the receivers drafted. He wants these guys. Three point oh four yards per route run is very good. He ended up seeing fifteen point six percent slot usage, so he could also be moved into that piece like Debo was during the regular season as well. He was drafted at twenty two years old. He's six foot, 205 pounds. So this is not one of your big monster receivers. He couldn't move into the slot. I would not be shocked if he goes into a decent amount. He ran a four or five. And then if you look down here at the green and the reds, these are things that all be formatted differently as the summer goes on. But the draft guide is now out. I'll be formatting these pages a little bit differently just to pop out a little bit more, but they do look very, very slick if I do say so myself. So his positive, he's explosive. He maintains speed after the catch, sells his routes. He's also a special teams player, which, you know, Sally's a special teams player. Yeah, special teams players. And there's a lot of correlation between successful special teams players in college and the ones that just pop off think obj think des bryant think martavius bryant in the nfl so there's a lot more than just those guys but those are a couple to name a few other guys that got drafted joe reed to the chargers was another big time special teams player you can look here didn't break out until 21 and a half so his biggest year was not until last year uh, in college football so not a major concern but when you're knocking him against the other receivers maybe contested catches is not his thing and only had one year of college production which was that 2019 year you can see right here the rest of the profiles for the rookie wide receivers again all the wide receivers that were drafted 36 of them in the NFL draft are on here with a little bit of a profile to get you all caught up to speed on that. So you can check it out. Just $10 now below are on the screen right now. The Supreme draft guy on my website, my new website. Fantasy Sports Focus. Check it out. Jalen Hurd will deserve a little bit more time here. So, he was placed on IR with a broken back last year. He looked good in the preseason. He had a two touchdown game. He put some money in my pocket. So, I want to try and take my bias away from Jalen Hurd. Because when I first heard this news and I was like, oh, on average, Debo might miss two to three weeks with the upside of missing five weeks, bang. Jalen Hurd, somebody I already liked, even with Brandon Ayuk there, as a guy who can potentially get on the field a little bit more, the former third round pick last year. Remember, they went back to back wide receivers in last year's draft with Debo and then Jalen Hurd. I'm sitting there and going, okay, this is good for Jalen Hurd. But then I broke into it a little bit more. I don't want to let one preseason game skew my biases, right? Obviously, worst competition. Obviously, small sample size. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of yardage. It was just a jump ball artist, which he's good at doing. He doesn't really have the speed or separation skills. But Jalen Hurd was placed on IR with the broken back last year or or fracture back, whatever it might have been. He had a bad back and he had a ton, a ton of setbacks on that back on April 27th of this year. So depending on when you're watching this two, three months ago, John Lynch stated that he had been cleared to play. And within four, five weeks later, he started throwing the ball with Jimmy G at the beginning of June of 2020. So this is finally looking good because this was the guy that couldn't even get on an airplane to travel with them or had issues doing so to the Super Bowl because his back was hurting that bad. And if you've had back issues, that's actually a common thing. You don't have to have the worst back in the world. I've had some back issues and just sitting on a plane does get a little bit bothersome, but he did have a bad back with a lot of setbacks. So in 2018, though, at college, he had 69 receptions, 946 yards and four touchdowns on 110 targets, a 62.7% catch rate. He's 24 and a half years old right now. He came out of college at a very old age. So this is a, this is an issue for Jalen Hurts couple things. So he's 6'5", 226 pounds. Those are very good. The former third round pick, 2018 was his most productive college year. That is a major concern. I can scroll right now on player profile here. So look at his college numbers. This is starting at 2014. and Then this is going to his final year in 2018. So outside of 2018, when he had the 69 receptions on the 110 targets, 946 yards, he did nothing any other year. In 2017, he doesn't play the entire year for obvious reasons. In 2016, he only catches 10 balls. 2015, only catches 22 balls. 2014, only catches 30 35 balls. These are not good numbers by any means. And in there, he was used as sort of a gadget player while he was at South Carolina. Never got, I guess, a full-time role until he broke out at 24 years old or 22 years old in 2018. So that is a little bit of a concern. You're looking at a guy who, and I I posted the tweet yesterday, Jalen Hurd in lots of formats, Dynasty, whatever it's going to be, is going to get a lot more noise. But we have to look in between the the leaves here. And unless there's some sort of mishap or setback like Trent Teller suffered, which we'll talk about in a second, with Debo surgery, it's going to be hard for Hurd to really, in Dynasty formats, excel where he's at. I do think he's probably the best option because he's coming into his second year relative to other guys in this team like Dante Pettis who are close to being out the door. Trent Taylor, whose upside is significantly capped in my opinion by Kendrick Bourne and just his overall skill set and injuries. But you can see right here what has happened. So here's my here's my analysis in just kind of a summary via Twitter. Follow me there at Salvatore DFS. They drafted Ayuk in the first round. So obviously that got, that guy's going to be ahead of Jalen Hurd and they already have George Kittle in their running game. So and a lot of receivers that we've already talked about some. He's slow and lacks burst. I mean, he ran a four six nine. His speed score is not great. His First score is not great. He only had one year of decent college production, right? Only one year. We just talked about it. Bad history of rookie wide receivers missing their first year. If you miss your entire first year as a rookie, it's pretty much a dense sentence. There's not many guys that I can think of that have come back from that, if any, at the wide receiver position recently. And then he's coming off of the back injury with multiple setbacks. If there's any injury I don't want to mess with, it's probably a back injury. That's something that's easily tweaked. So I like Jalen Hurd. I admit that I have a bias for Jalen Hurd because of what he did in the preseason for my pockets last year and whoever else was on my team for those games. But in terms of daily fantasy sports but I want to look at this a little bit closer and just say it's a crowded wide receiver room it is very very crowded coming off of a sketchy injury which usually doesn't do well for uh, wide receivers and an offense that wants to run the ball and you know if they have to throw they have a first round pick and George Kittle that can try and help float them through those first uh one to five weeks without Debo depending on how long it takes so Jalen Hurd for me is a little bit sketchy he's probably not the guy that I want to be drafting anywhere like I'm going to be moving all these wide receivers up or at least the ones that crack my top 100 wide receivers I don't know if any else crack the top 150 outside of Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. When it comes to drafting for my rankings, again, link down below. Again, take a second of your time. Hit the like button. Big old subscribe button just popped up on the screen. Hit that as well. But that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'll probably move up Jalen Hurd a little bit. He'll probably crack the top 100 wide receivers, but we'll have to see. The next guy to talk about is one Trent Taylor, who did miss all of last year. And I'm going to put up Warren Sharp's tweet right now. He said, surgery last year. This was the exact same injury that Debo had this year. Last year, he had surgery in camp get ahead of the injury, ended up having an irritation in the foot after, so he had to have a second surgery. Then he has three to five more surgeries because infections, antibiotics were placed near the site, and it was just not very good. Then he missed the entire season. Now he seems to be good, so a lot of setbacks just on his surgery, the exact same one. That's why he missed all of last year, and he was sort of a little bit of a darling pick later in drafts last year. He's just not a guy that I want to be drafting. I mean, he is is the poor man's, I guess you can say, Cole Beasley, and those are never guys that I really want to be drafting all that much. In 2018, he played on 37% of the snaps in 13 games. He had just one game over seven fantasy points 215 total yards on 40 targets that's disgusting in 2017 he played on 48.9 percent of the snaps he did have three games over 10 fantasy points in his one big game he finishes the wide receiver 18 that week but again 43 receptions 430 yards on 60 targets these are not things that are really screaming out oh my god i gotta get this guy so i think he's a little bit blown out of proportion because people want him to be something that he's not and now due to the injuries now since kendrick Bourne has been there and been playing well the, the former undrafted free agent we're about to talk about it's really tough for me to get excited about trent taylor in any formats, to be completely honest with you. So uh, the trend continues of not a lot of these guys stand out to me outside of their first round pick Brandon Ayuk and their stud tight end, George Kittle for the one to five weeks that Debo is going to be out. But let's look at the next couple of guys here being Kendrick Bourne, one of them. So the next receiver, the one that I think probably benefits the third most behind guys like George Kittle and behind guys like Brandon Ayuk, ahead of guys like Jalen Herb is Kendrick Bourne, the former undrafted free agent. He's 25 years old, 6'1", 203 pounds out of East Washington. Last year, he played on 44.9% of the snaps, caught 30 of 45 targets. It's a 10.1% targeter. Nothing fantastic for 358 yards and five touchdowns. His role has always just sort of been the the guy, the, the slot receiver whenever they go 11 personnel, which is not often because they run the ball a lot. And then when they got Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders moved into the slot on a lot of plays, which did hurt Kendrick Bourne's ability to stay on the field. They did use him in special red zone packages where he was designed on those plays. He ran primarily from the slot when he was on the field. He suffered from Kittle being in the middle of the field. And then you could see there just the Sanders trade. Three games above 10 fantasy points though. All those pretty much when he was scoring his touchdown he had five last year 358 yards but he did have three top 22 finishes so he was factored into this offense in the red zone but he just was never really a standout anywhere else in 2018 he played about 60 percent of the snaps that was before Emmanuel Sanders was there 42 receptions four touchdowns on 66 targets a 12.9 percent target share 2018 was the season though when they were using a ton of different quarterbacks and Jimmy G wasn't there so the chemistry is a little bit thrown off and skewed so Kendrick Bourne in my opinion he's only 24 and a half going to be 25 when the season starts he is somebody who will benefit from this if it's one to five weeks. I think he probably benefits the most outside of Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And then finally, there's going to be two guys. Jawan Jennings is a rookie that they drafted in the seventh round out of Tennessee. We don't have to spend too much time there. He's 6'3", 215 pounds, 23 years old. Uh, He had less than a thousand yards last year, 969, 24.4% target share. He did break 30 tackles, which did lead the nation. So that's something that people are probably going to like, especially his head coach who likes the yards after contact guys. So the broken tackles is a huge bump for a guy like Jawan Jennings. Just posting his profile on the screen right now, ran a 4.72, so not great there in the speed department, but he ran out of the slot a ton, 82.4%. And Debo, although he played out of the slot, mainly could play on the outside. So when Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor on this team, it's going to be hard for Joanna Jennings to get on the field, at least out of the slot, which steps him back for guys on the outside and a little bit behind the guys like Brandon Ayuk. Dante Pettis, potentially even some of the other names that we talked about. And speaking of Dante Pettis, the former second round pick, 6'1", 186 pounds. He ran a 4-5-3. He's going to be 25 when the season starts. He only played nine games last year because they kept healthy scratching him. And it was so weird. In the preseason, he had to earn his way onto the team. It seemed as if there's a lot of bad blood between him and Kyle Shanahan. He played just 48.4% of the snaps when he did play, just 11 receptions on 24 targets, only a 9% target share, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. He was healthy scratched very often. And then in some of those games where it says he played like nine games, some of them, he only played like two, 4% of the snaps. His snaps were starting to increase towards the end of the season. They put Sanders in the slot a little bit more. Pettis got out on the field on the outside with Debo a little bit more and they rolled from there. But in his breakout year in 2018, he did play well, but it wasn't like he was just being a dominant force. Like he was very dominant down the field on big plays, but things that were not sustainable. 57.9% of the snaps, he caught 27 of 45 targets for 465 yards and five touchdowns. This guy was living on the deep ball. He was number five in yards per reception with 17.3. He was number seven in fantasy points per target with two points three. So yeah, in a situation like this one, Dante Pettis looked fantastic last year, which was like the second half of the season in a very small sample. He just doesn't have the opportunity to produce that this year because he couldn't get on the field. They were saying he didn't know the playbook. He was being lazy. There was stuff in the locker room issues with him. I wasn't there, so I can't speak on the direct reasons, but something was going on and something was fishy that they didn't want to play Dante Pettis. Even when Marquis Goodwin was unhealthy and injured last year, they still didn't want to play Dante Pettis. They obviously put Debo Samuel in their second round pick a lot earlier than their former second round pick uh, out of Washington in Dante Pettis. So they have a lot of youth at the wide receiver position and tight end position for that matter with George Kittle. You think Debo, you think Jalen Hurd, you think Dante Pettis, you think guys like Joanna Jennings, this entire offense, even Kendrick Bourne, not 25 years old just yet. This entire offense is going to be very, very youthful and a lot of guys are going to be involved the way that I see it breaking down is worst case scenario, Debo misses five games. If that is the case here, guys, all these guys take a little bit of a bump. Guys that I want the most are Brandon Iook and George Kittle, who I already wanted. And it's probably a bump to guys like Jalen Hurd and Kendrick Bourne, but nothing major there. Jalen Hurd mainly because he'll be playing on the outside, but I do question his ability to get open against NFL cornerbacks because we have not seen that outside of the preseason for like one game. And then other than that, you're looking at a guy in Kendrick Bourne who's mainly a slot receiver, a former undrafted free agent, but not really a lot of a ceiling on him. And then there's always the case that Debo just misses one game due to all the technology that they have. His ability to come back at the early start of those 12 to six weeks. He just misses one game and none of this even matters. But this is just what's behind him. Again, it's a team that wants to run with George Kittle and a first round pick and Brandon. I give all those guys the priority. I think after that, you're probably looking at Jalen Hurd and Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis even after that. And I don't really want anything from Trent Taylor. I don't really want anything from Joanna Jennings right now or even Travis Benjamin. That's where I'm at. Nothing major here, but I just want to let you know what the situation is, why you shouldn't overreact, why you shouldn't be reaching on some of these backup players in any formats. This is not a season ending surgery this is a likely the guy's going to miss two week surgery so for you and most of your formats if not all of them it doesn't really matter unless you're planning on in dynasty taking one of these guys because you think that Debo's foot is now going to be ruined for the entire year and his for his career which i'm just not going to be banking on that too much so thank you for tuning into this one my name is sal i appreciate you all so much and i will see you in the next one be sure to hit the like button before you go big old subscribe button just popped up on the screen and link down below in the description is the supreme draft guide I'm putting up the banner right now that's where you can get all of these rookie profiles as well as my tiers my rankings all those stuff profiles for a bunch of other positions not just rookies but all the rookie positions are in there as well check all that out it is linked down below ten dollars now just a limited time offer i'm gonna get out of here gang peace out and have a great rest of your day